You're listening to the Girls in Work podcast, the show that brings you interviews and advice for career women everywhere. This is Girls in Work. Find us at girlsinwork.com. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Girls in Work podcast. This week we are back to our guest interviews. We've had a few podcast emergencies and some technical issues over the past few weeks so unfortunately you've been stuck listening to Sophie and I talking about all sorts including cream eggs. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you know you're struggling for content when you're talking about cream eggs. (laughs) But you'll be pleased to know we have some wonderful guests coming up over the next few weeks that we're really excited about. So Sophie do you want to tell us a little bit about our guest this week? I can. So today we are talking to Katie, who works in the tech industry all the way over in Texas. And Emma and I always get really excited when we talk to anybody who's in a different time zone. I know we're in the world of Zoom now, but it still feels really cool that we can just talk to these people. But also it's really interesting and fascinating to hear how different and similar experiences are across the world. And so we talk about advice for women looking to get into the similar industries and explore a similar career path, as well as talking about how to get that all-important first promotion and how to ask for a raise. So here's this week's episode. We hope you enjoy. So Casey, please could you just give us a little bit of an overview of your career journey so far and a little bit about what you do now? Sure. So I majored in marketing in college. I held various PR and marketing internships when I was there. And most of those internships were with small and medium sized startups and um, some larger companies as well, but they were all in the tech space. And so what I really loved about it, I just, I mean, there were so many different industries being impacted by all of the revolutionary technology being deployed. And I really wanted to go to a large tech company after graduating college. And so I ended up at IBM, probably could not have gone larger. Um, and so- <laughs> So uh, with my marketing experience and degree, naturally sales seemed like a really, a really great fit, especially when you couple it with my extroverted and competitive personality. So I spent a year in IBM sales. And during that year, I pretty quickly found product management, which, which is where I am now. So I did about a year of sales and I've been in product for almost four years And let's see, I I guess at IBM, we call them offering managers, but pretty much the rest of the world calls them product managers. And essentially what we do, we are owning the business strategy behind a product or a handful of products or services for a company. We, We prioritize the different requirements that each product should address. So if we're talking about a cell phone, you know, it's our job to figure out what colors we're gonna offer it in, how much it's going to cost a customer, um, what features we're going to deploy and when, things like that. And really just manage it in market and any launches that happen after the fact. So that's what I do now. Um, And I'm still with IBM Cloud. And recently I took over a new role um, on the networking side. And previously I was with data migration and storage. So that's what I do now. I love it. And you're currently based in Texas, right? Yes, I am in Austin, Texas. Did you move there for the job? I moved to, yeah, I moved to Dallas, actually, Dallas, Texas, um, right after graduating college to work for IBM. And then I think about a year or so, no, six months into my role as a product manager, um, I was able to transition to the Austin office and I've been here ever since. How did you find moving for a job in like your career? Was that something that you didn't mind doing? Were you just like, yeah, like I really want this job, so I'm just going to move? Or was that quite a big decision for you? It was not a big decision. I prioritized (laughs) um, getting a job. And since I got one, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, let's let's go uh, wherever the job is going to take me. And I had originally thought that the job was available 
school in the city that I went to college in, in Colorado. But then eventually the the HR manager had said, you know, Dallas was really, was really the one that they were hiring for. And so I moved there. And honestly, I just kind of took it as an adventure. I literally did not know a single person in Texas. And I had never been to Texas before. My first trip was picking out my apartment with my mom. So honestly, it was just kind of like a roll of the dice. We'll see how it goes. And Dallas is a fantastic major city. So it wasn't like I was moving to the middle of nowhere. I would have plenty of life and people around me. And so I think the the transition was pretty easy because I was so optimistic about the potential of it. And I would recommend it to anybody, honestly. I think you find out a lot about yourself and it's a really great growing experience. Oh yeah, 100%. Both Em and I have moved away up and down the country and it is, it's a bit of, I found it a little bit scary at first, a little bit overwhelming when you're moving to a new city that you don't know. But I, I was similar in that like my first trip down there was trying to uh-huh. find somewhere to live and it's like you almost, because you've got so much to do, you've got set, like a huge to-do list to find somewhere to live and like figure out where you're going and what the public transport's like and all that kind of stuff. It kind of just, it takes away some of that scariness at first. But I totally agree. Mm-hmm. As much as I didn't enjoy my time when I moved, it taught me so much and... Mm-hmm. I don't regret moving for work at all. And I think I'm the same. I think I would actually recommend it to people because I think it does teach you a lot. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what would you say has been a highlight of your career so far? That's a great question. I think I think probably getting my master's degree. So in the US, uh, undergraduate degrees are, are typically the four-year college degrees and then graduate studies are master's or doctoral programs. So I think getting my master's degree this past May, graduated over Zoom, was awesome. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you know, we got the credential and it was a really happy day. But yeah, I think that was probably the highlight of my career. It, um, I don't know. I think actually one of my biggest regrets is my classroom performance as an undergrad in college. Um, and so I was absolutely terrified that upon entering this program, I, I was just going to fail out. Like I didn't know based on my lack of a strong academic record in undergrad, if I could really perform in a graduate setting, especially when everybody was so much older than I was um, and with more experience in my class. And so it was also accelerated and on top of my full-time job. So instead of two or three years, it's one and I was working at the same time. So I was terrified and imposter syndrome hit me like a ton of bricks. I I cried on my first day to school, not in front of anybody, (laughs) just just in the car. Yeah. But honestly, like I, I buckled down and I don't think I gave myself enough credit for what I've learned in the last handful of years outside of college because I think actually my jobs had given me quite a bit of fantastic foundation to at least enter the program and then really thrive in it. So after buckling down, I told myself it was just going to be one really hard year. I I got straight A's, which I think has been like my proudest Mm -hmm. accomplishment. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, I think Uh on all fronts, very surprising. And honestly, it was with a lot of hard work, but it was with a lot of leadership from both the faculty professors and um, some fantastic classmates I had as well so that's probably my highlight yeah that's amazing congratulations but did you just cut right did you just Mm -hmm. say you did a three-year course in one year so sometimes I think it depends on what kind of program you go through so this one at University of Texas in Austin they accelerated it so instead of like your quintessential MBA this is a a different degree program but they condensed it to one year so be on weekends every other weekend Friday nights and all day Saturdays Wow. How did you, how did you balance that with your full-time job? Um, 
That's a great question. So actually, <laughs> I never thought that I would, I never thought that I'd go back to school, honestly, but the the degree was so relevant with what I, with what I do at IBM and as a product manager, yeah. it's, it's very transferable. And so I actually became affiliated with IBM's Academic Learning Assistance Program, ALAP is the short name, and it's a program where, you know, employees can apply to get financial support for extra schooling and I I did become affiliated with the program and so with that being said the organization but especially my management were very much not only aware of my enrollment but actually um, very very supportive especially because I had to maintain a certain GPA when you're affiliated with IBM's program and so Mm -hmm. we just made a plan that's really set expectations very clear-cut for everybody involved you know understanding what my class schedule was which to be honest was Friday afternoons and Saturdays, so it didn't really cut into the work week per se, unless it was an extra hour or two on a Friday afternoon. But honestly, I I just kind of shifted my working hours to mostly being in the morning time so that I could do a lot of schoolwork at night instead of working late hours. So that's really how I balanced it. And then letting all my friends and family know in advance that for the year I would probably not be a human (laughs) on any given day. They were all very supportive and understanding. (laughs) My goodness, that is a lot. I feel like it's probably one of those things where, yeah, you think about it and you plan it, but it's probably only when you come out the other side of it, you'd look back and you think, how on earth did I actually manage that? How did I balance everything all at once? Because that sounds very intense. Yeah, and my boyfriend Brad and I, we we adopted a puppy like two months right before I enrolled. So we threw that into the mix. I mean, we just figured why not tack one more thing on. Um, So I think having like every pillar in your life being dialed up to the turbo setting, I mean, you just kind of take it on and honestly, the year flew by, which I was very thankful for. So it was a great experience. I like it. My boss always says like busy people make time. And I think it's really true. Like if you can be as busy as you want, but if there's something you're really passionate about, you really want to do, you'll find time to make it work and and you'll figure it out. Absolutely. Okay. So I feel like this might be a little bit of a crossover now, but the next question was going to be what has been one of the most challenging parts of your career? (laughs) I think it depends on the day you ask me this, honestly. (laughs) I mean, I'm very Irish. And so in moments of anxiety or stress or challenge, I I turn immediately red, like my, my cheeks just flush. And so anytime (laughs) someone asks me about like challenging moments at work, I, I automatically think of how red my face got, even just thinking about the preparation for this. But then also I think in the actual meeting itself, um, probably asking for my first promotion slash raise and at least with IBM typically at least I think to my understanding Mm -hmm. maybe different organizations Mm -hmm. in IBM or maybe IBM UK works a little differently than the US does but I believe normally promotions coupled with a raise and so it's not necessarily asking for one or the other but at the time I think asking for my promotion which did come with a raise that I think was the biggest challenging moment because I had never that was just uncharted territory for me I I was very very anxious I it was a new manager for me too and I didn't really know how to best approach him he didn't know me very well he didn't know my track record Mm -hmm. there just yet Mm -hmm. and so that was I think probably one of my most challenging moments 
Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that we always say, you never get taught how to ask for a raise or a promotion. Like, And I feel like it's one of those things where I wish somebody had sat me down, like as I was leaving education and been like, if you want to progress in your career, you're mm-hmm. going to need to know how to ask for your raise, how to ask for your promotion. Because if you don't ask, you don't get it. But that must have been like doubly tricky if you didn't, if the manager didn't mm-hmm. know you, because I feel very lucky. I've got quite a close relationship with my boss at the minute and like, we work so closely together. So everything I do, he knows about. But yeah, having somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't know you in that way, and doesn't know the work that you do or the work you might have done in the past year that must have been really tricky it was and one of the things that I love about IBM and I wish more people my age would would recognize is that luckily for me especially at the time most people at IBM Mm -hmm. have five to 40 years on me not just in age but like IBM IBM experience and so I have and had Mm -hmm. so many people and mentors to learn from and so not only did I have really fantastic people to go to for thoughts and insights on just the nature of this type of conversation point blank but then I also got their perspective on the actual IBM specific aspects you know like okay typically is there a certain time that IBM gives promotions are are they looking for uh, certain attributes like do I need to be working on specific things is is there just a kind of a standard salary bump that comes with it things like that and so that that really really helped me and I think that's honestly how I overcame the challenge is figuring out who in my network I was really comfortable you know surfacing this kind of help question to trusting that they would be you know pretty reputable people and give me the real talk so to so to speak and then yeah no I mean I did a lot of preparation online to look Mm -hmm. up you know my job title my location salary things like that did a lot of reflection on what I had accomplished and I I mean I I say this to anybody that ever asks me about having that kind of conversation I I usually like to phrase it a certain way like I usually try and bring it up at the beginning of the year and I'll I'll say hey you know one of my goals this year is to get a promotion do you think that's reasonable and you know if so what else if anything do I need to accomplish from your perspective to be eligible for that because then you're couching it as more of a discussion you're seeking their opinion before just demanding something outright it gives you the rest of the year or however long to work towards something and now you're both on the same page on what you're looking for and what they would be looking for from you in order for you to accomplish what you're what you're looking for you know yeah completely and it's it gives you that like written record like okay so when we discussed this at the beginning of the year you said I needed to do this this and this and then you can go to them at the end of the year or like say however long it is into the year and be like I've done this this and this so can I have that promotion please exactly <laughs> and then to your point the key there is to follow up this conversation with an email and say yeah. thanks so much for being you know so receptive of the idea just to recap these are the things that I'm going to be working on in an effort to achieve this promotion credentials something like that and then it also makes sure that you know you're not going to them in June saying hey I did so much work on x y and z and I feel like I deserve the promotion and then they say oh well if you were looking for a promotion I would have so much rather you've been focusing on ABC and now you've lost six months yeah I think you make a really valid point as well in terms of like the preparation and the research like I think if you go into any negotiation whether it's for yourself or like on behalf of the business like that research and that preparation is so important and actually I, sometimes I forget that actually you can reach out to your internal network it doesn't have to all be Google and the internet like use the people that you've got around you and like you say if they've got the experience within the company and they know the company that can be invaluable 
Yeah, absolutely. All of the resources. I think now it's it's a fantastic time to be a, a working professional. I think if you ask me with at least the resources that the internet and, and books provides, not only do you get your own perspective on what your company mm-hmm. is typically like or what's going on, but then you have all these other resources at your fingertips, literally, that can show you data points, especially if like you get pushback from a manager. They say, oh, I mean, this is a really big salary jump. I, I'm not really sure where this would be coming from then you have a folder of ammo (laughs) so to speak if they're that's probably a very poor choice of words but I mean you have this I don't know just you're armed with literal data that they can't necessarily Mm -hmm. argue or at least the argument a little weaker if you ask me yeah definitely okay so is there anything in particular that you've learned about yourself as you've navigated your way through your career so much oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) I, I hesitate to say this, but because I don't know if I've earned really any aspect of the introvert label, because I, I do feel like I'm an off the charts extrovert, but at least with respect to taking time by myself to recharge, I found out that I have slight introversion there, mm-hmm. um, especially when I work as many hours as I do. I found out that I recharge best um, typically solo, just me time. So that was a big thing for me and making sure I had enough of it so that mm-hmm. I stayed sane. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think a big thing for me, especially when I was transitioning from sales to product, I found out that I really need to have direct visibility into what I'm contributing, like all of my efforts, to what end are they going? I I guess that's a really poor way to phrase that, but I really needed to see my contributions in order to feel satisfied at my job. With sales, by definition, it was very transactional. I, you know, we'd work for for days, weeks, sometimes months on on certain deals, and then it would close and it would be the biggest thing ever. And then you'd never hear from the customer again. So you never really got to see how well the solution worked or how it changed their business, Mm -hmm. things like that. And in product, like I love, love being able to see my marketing language on our on our websites. I love being able to, you know, see new features on our different migration services and point to them and say, oh, that's there because I prioritized that and I led the development team in launching it. I really need apparently to see my direct impact to feel satisfied. So that was that was I think a big one for me. No, it's really funny you mentioned that because we were only talking about this the other week about that knowing what your impact is on the business and I'm exactly the same mm-hmm. if I don't know why I'm doing something if I don't know what this is going to lead to eventually to make a difference to someone or the business right. I really lose my motivation and I just sit there and think well why am I doing it like what's the point so I really need that why to really help motivate me at work mm-hmm. so I completely get that I'm totally the same yeah and I think mm-hmm. it also kind of highlights there that all of us, as we kind of navigate through your careers, and we talk about this a lot, is starting to understand what you value and what's important to you. And then as you kind of gain your experience and go throughout different job roles, mm-hmm. you start to narrow that down and kind of get to that point. And I think it's great that you've been, been able to do that through IBM and kind of get to this product role that is something you're really passionate about, like you said, and get to see that end result. But yeah, I think that's something that we all find challenging. We're all trying to mm-hmm. figure out over years is kind of really understanding that why and what's what's important to us in a job role. So I think that's great that you've you've started to figure that out. 
Yeah, exactly. I think like on a very, very different note, I also found out that I I really feel like I need to have progress somewhere in my life. And a lot of times with, with product mm-hmm. management, it, it can oftentimes feel, or at least maybe in a, in a large company where there's lots of red tape or hurdles that you have to face for literally anything. Sometimes it feels very much along the lines of one step forward like 10 to 48 steps back, <laughs> uh, depending on the day. And so I I started taking up things like outside of work um, that were pretty much like one direction, all progress, unless I totally like mess something up. So like Legos, art projects, uh, anything, DIY, home building, like I need to do something with my hands that makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something no matter what. At the end of the day, if it's just one Mm -hmm. more stitch that's done, it's one more and that's it. So when I might feel thwarted during the workday, it's really important for me outside of work to make progress elsewhere. Yeah, completely. And I think for us, like girls in work, it's like that release, isn't it? You need something else, like outside of work to almost almost take you outside of your day-to-day work and just kind of have a bit of downtime with your with your mind and mm-hmm. I was going to ask this actually because I know you mentioned crafts were, were behind you when we first got on this call Katie is that a sewing, oh is gosh, that a sewing yes. machine I can see I hadn't spotted the sewing machine <laughs> <laughs> It is. Yeah, no, I've always known how to sew from like Girl Scouts and stuff growing up and and my mom, but I actually, I took up quilting and some of our very close friends in Austin told us in May that they're pregnant with their first baby and I thought I was going to have it ready, but then their baby came early Mm -hmm. and so now I have my own personal sweatshop behind me right now, (laughs) hoping to finish it by this weekend. It's one of the things I've always wanted to do is to be able to sew. Maybe become a product manager. You'll pick it up really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Out of necessity. (laughs) Okay, so we've spoke briefly about this before, Katie, but you've mentioned that IBM and the industry you're in, it's it's quite heavily male-dominated. So would you have any advice for women who may be either already in or looking to pursue a career but are a bit wary about it being heavily male-dominated? I do. Full transparency, I feel like age was almost my my bigger hurdle than being a, a woman in a male-dominated industry. But that being said, I, I think what's so important, no matter where you work, but especially being a female in a male-dominated industry is that you really, really need to know your worth. Um, and what I mean by that, like I think, I think you need to know what you're bringing to the table and also what you don't bring to the table or what you're working on, you know, getting better at. But don't be afraid to surface those things, whether your strengths or your weaknesses. I actually... I. I normally recommend surfacing those those aspects because especially with teammates and management, you know, until you are the first person to say, hey, I, I actually have no idea how to do that. It'll take me a few days to figure it out and I, I'll give you an ETA when when I can deliver you something. But instead of saying, sure, I'll go do that, and they don't know that you've never done it before, then what you give them at the end might not satisfy their expectations and and really knock you down a peg, whether you're a a man or a woman. But especially in a male-dominated industry, I think it's really important to set expectations and know your worth, especially even for the the areas that you are strong in, because female or male, everybody Mm -hmm. just wants to get their job done. Everybody wants everybody else to get their job 
jobs done so that nobody gets held back. And when you're reliable with what you're acknowledging that you can do or that you're working on or that you don't know the answer to, but you'll find it, then everybody's ideally working in harmony. So I think being reliable with surfacing what you're good at and where you can add value to the team or where you plan to add value and what you're working on. Um, I think that that promotes a sense of reliability that absolutely helps garner credibility. It, it gives you just a, a way stronger foothold in a team that you might feel self-conscious in for whatever reason, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, completely. So when you say about the age thing then, was, there's a lot of people who are much older than you, but you mentioned before as well that you take a lot from them in terms of you learn from them and like we all do from anyone who's had more experience with anything than ourselves but has there been some challenges with that as well or has have you just found it's actually been a really positive working experience (laughs) (laughs) Um, well immediately when I think about the age thing my first week as an associate product manager and you can see my face is turning red (laughs) my first week Someone asked me if I was a participant in Take Your Child to Work Day that we had at the office because I looked so young. No. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't dressed in a way that's like, that was sloppy or, you know, wow, she's an absolute youth, you know? I I just, I don't know. I, I have a, I don't know. Maybe I just give off youthful vibes. But either way, the guy was showing me to the coffee machine and he asked me who my parent was. And I was like, I, I know I go here. <laughs> Um, like, like I do, I do things here. And he, I mean, he laughed it off. It was, it was such, he was a nice guy. He was horribly embarrassed, which I felt bad for. Cause I mean, I'm probably like the most ideal person to mess that up with. But it was funny cause later on that day, it was like our big kickoff where everybody flies into Austin and from wherever they're working and whatever. And uh, I was delivering a presentation in this conference room. That's like all glass. I think there were maybe 30 people or so in there. And the same guy that morning who asked me if I was a take your child a workday participant was walking by and he looked in and he saw me presenting and he did like a double take i was like yeah like i i for real do things here you know i waved at it so that's that's what i always laugh when i when i reflect on the whole age thing because that's the first thing that pops into my head but i uh i don't know i think for the most part it's just reassuring people that even though at the time i was 23 saying like look i'm young but that means i'm coming to the table with a lot of energy and not a lot of outside of work commitments. So I will take the time to get myself up to speed and help you guys out where I can. So that that definitely helped. And I think with that too, it's really important. I mean, back to your original question for being a woman in a male dominated industry, it sounds super creepy, but I swear I've been very successful in my job because I've made an effort to get to know everybody critical to my job role, like through observing them, like taking note of how each person I mean I just a mental note I don't actually have a notebook of of teammates that would actually be creepy um, got a black book of people <laughs> yeah exactly but I mean like taking note of okay this person mm-hmm. responds like when there's maybe some team conflict this person responds in this way whereas this other person responds in another way you, you get some really valuable insights with their personalities their approaches their priorities and, and tendencies and so ideally when you need something from them or you need to bring up anything positive or negative you know the ideal way to do that so that you can 
theoretically have a mutually beneficial outcome at the end. And yeah, I think getting to know people and actually making a note of it to the point where in your day to day, you strategically apply, you know, those approaches to them, you're much more successful, no matter how old you are, it, it automatically just puts you in a different caliber almost. Yeah, no, I think that's a great piece of advice. And it's, it's about building those relationships, isn't it with those people, but also yeah, completely taking note of, of how they work and how they work best. And it can be down to even knowing if somebody prefers a phone call to an email and, and just little things like that and knowing how they work best and kind mm-hmm. of I was gonna say t- sweet talking then that's like the wrong word but like yeah. you know what I mean play into how the to how they work and what their strengths are Exactly, especially because like I don't have anybody directly reporting to me, which is the challenge of product management. But it's one of the things that I love most about it. it and I mean, so I, I don't have the glory of saying, hey, I need you to go make this code change because I'm your manager and I said so. And that's the way things go. You know, I, I have to basically convince them to take time out of their day to do something that I need them to do for my product vision. And if you keep things in mind, like, oh, so-and-so or, you know, so-and-so UX designer wanted um, to get more experience with field research with the customers because they've been doing a lot of wireframe designing recently. If you keep that in your mind and you need updated wireframe designs, you can say, mm-hmm. hey, I need some updated wireframe designs and I know that this wasn't slated on your schedule, but I have an upcoming project that does require some field research. I Last I checked, you were looking to get some experience there. Would love to have you help me out there, especially if you can help me with these wireframes, you know, that, that would really help me. And so people are much more inclined to follow, you know, your leadership if you've demonstrated that you're understanding where they're coming from and that you are actually offering them an opportunity on top of it that they can capitalize on. Or even simple things too, where like if I have a a choice of two people to ask to help me accomplish something and it's probably going to be seven o'clock at night and I know one person has a toddler at home, then I know I'm probably not going to ask them. And whether it's a blatant trade or not, it's I just know when to best approach somebody or not approach them at all so that I'm not racking up all of these asks or just items in general that will likely leave even a mild sour taste it's funny just going back to the story that you told i had i mean they didn't think i was somebody's child uh but on my very first day in radio i got asked if i was and i got asked by actually a guy who's now a very famous uk radio presenter if i was there on work experience from school (laughs) and uh i was like it was it was similar it was in the kitchen by making tea and uh, he was like are you here on work experience and i was like literally my first day i was terrified of everybody i was like uh no and he was like oh what are you then and i was like permanent member of staff i don't know how to answer this question (laughs) but he was the same he was like so embarrassed and he was like oh my goodness i'm so sorry and i was like it's fine it's cool but it's it's so weird isn't it when you get confronted with that like are you meant to be here like yes i am (laughs) well especially like i feel like age is one of those you know you better be really confident areas if you're going to acknowledge any part of it and Mm. so I was thinking after this happened I was like okay if I were this person I probably wouldn't have asked unless I was for sure that the person on the receiving end of my question was like 14 and lower not like 17 because then that's too (laughs) close who wants to talk about your parent you know but like (laughs) you need to be smack dab in the middle of that age group that you're thinking of to be 
to be posing that question in the first mm-hmm. place. And so not only was I like, mm-hmm. I potentially don't look like I'm 17 or 18, but there's a chance that I'm giving off vibes that are even younger than that. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And not, not a question you expect to be asked on your first week or first day at a new job. But there you go. <laughs> okay, so this is the last question now. We can have a bit of fun with this. But if you could do any job in the world, what would it be? Oh my gosh, I have so many. <laughs> my first <laughs> my first inclination is to be like talk show host. Love it. Oh, you'd be good at that. My mom always said that. And my parents, I guess, like used to joke saying that like I would be a talk show host with no guests because I just want to talk all day long, <laughs> which is very accurate. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but honestly, the first thing that came to mind was a Lego designer, especially since taking up Legos as a hobby a couple oh, years cool. ago. I would love to design one, either a Lego designer or a golf course designer. Because anytime I'm playing golf and and I'm on a hole that's giving me a lot of trouble (laughs) or something is totally twisted, you know, like if some, if you're in in any sort of puzzle type scenario or strategy scenario where Mm -hmm. it's like by design and you see it and you're like, man, whoever designed this, they, they're pretty twisted. I can't believe they did this to me, you know? I'd like like to question their judgments. Yeah, exactly like a trap or a certain design element whatever and so yeah I think I would I would do Mm -hmm. that just so that I I can see what it's like on the other side and it would be really fun being outside and getting to I honestly was not expecting talk show host or golf course designer that is amazing (laughs) I absolutely love it (laughs) what would you guys choose I always say that I want to run a little coffee shop by the sea somewhere I don't mind where but I just want to own a coffee shop like like a little village coffee shop where like everybody knows everybody and everyone can come in and like we have regular people know the orders and then just have a real nice community vibe but it has to be by the sea I like picture like really pretty I don't know why but like really fat yellow and white stripes on an awning outside yeah. of it just really pretty it for some, it makes me think of italy i'll take italy um i don't know why like the amalfi coast oh God, or something yeah, yeah right oh my God, yeah i'm going there i'll go there yeah, yeah. let's go i'll design legos in the corner you don't have to talk, like tell any of your customers yeah. about it but what would yours be em my, mine's a similar vibe you know so I would love and I have a chat with my mum and auntie about this we'd all get involved but it would be a coffee shop but also a salon like a that's awesome salon. Um, so you could have like coffee and cocktails but then yeah. my auntie loves like doing nails and things like that nice. so she'd she'd manage that side of things and then my mum would manage yeah. the coffee side of things and I would just head it all up basically <laughs> I'll just sit back <laughs> I like I like how random they are as well I used to also want to be one of those people. I don't know what they're actually called. Probably why I'm not in this career. But you know, when you go to like a a big party or like a wedding and there's a DJ and there's those, there's usually like two or three people. I feel like for the most part, they're gals and they're dressed in all black and they're like the hype dancers that get Mm -hmm. everybody really excited and coming out Mm -hmm. on the dance floor. That would 100% (laughs) be me. Yeah. I would do that. I used to want to be I don't know whether you have them in the US but we have like holiday parks here in the UK like the like we have like pontins and haven holidays and they're basically like it's like if you wanted to go on holiday within the UK you'd go to one of these oh. holiday parks and they've just got loads of like I don't know how to describe it like little <laughs> not huts they're like they were called chalets like basically little rooms and then everything's uh-huh. like on site so you have like a club on site mm-hmm. you have like a restaurant on site and then they normally have like loads of fun things going on and there was always like a kids club and like there were like the hosts or the oh, entertainers yeah. that would do all the like the party dances like the ymca or like the Mm -hmm. macarena like that's what i wanted to do like 
It sounds, is it like an all-inclusive kind of, yeah. type, like a club yeah. med type thing? Yeah. 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 I've frequented, yeah. A, I've frequented a many club med in my day. <laughs> oh, that went off on a bit of a tangent, didn't it? <laughs> Those questions always do. The last one is a great one. Yeah, the best kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. So just to go on a couple of nice things that we've touched in this interview, I've really, really liked your advice about asking for a promotion and a pay rise. So I've just noted down a couple of key tips here. So bring it up sort of as early as possible or at the beginning of the year and make it more of an open discussion with your manager so that they feel that they're part of the process and that you're both on the same page. And then also ensure you follow up with an email so you've got it written down. I think that's really valuable advice that anyone can take if they're, they're going to speak somebody about asking for a promotion or a pay rise um, and then I really liked your advice as well around well for women who are looking to explore a similar career path so we touched on this quite a bit but it's just really understanding your worth and knowing your worth and what you're bringing to the table and the areas that you're strong in but then also what your weaknesses are as well and not being afraid to voice them and with that it's just ensuring that you're setting expectations so it's okay to let people know that you'll look into it and get back to them because that shows reliability within working as part of a team and then the, just the final point is just making an effort to get to know everyone in your workplace and just really taking the time to kind of observe people and take a note of how the different how different people work together and respond to things so that when it comes to a point if you need anything from them or need to bring anything up you know sort of the ideal way to do that and I think that's really important just as as part of working as a team but also within leadership as well and just developing your career is just really getting to know the people around you and different work patterns because we are all different and we all work in different ways and so that's really important so it's kind of part of just being more strategic and um, and adapting to people around you and understanding how to work with them way more eloquently said than than how i did any of that if you just want to scratch over that and summarize and say i said that go (laughs) but yeah thank you so much katie yeah thank you for having me this was so fun it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know both of you it's so fun we're in different countries look at us I know. We we absolutely love doing this. What a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> is this is this the third one we've done it? No, fourth one we've done with someone in a different country. Third yeah, states one, one, I one think. You guys in the yeah. United States always get me because of it. it's such a time difference. Like it's I always feel like like we are here in pitch black. I've got like my lamp yeah. on <laughs> with my blanket on my knee. <laughs> and Katie's just like basking in the Texas sunshine. I know, I know. It's great though, because you, you get to connect with people that you wouldn't normally get to connect with. So I think we're really lucky that we're able to do this. Same here. And it's such a nice way to spend part of the afternoon, evening for you guys. Like after a long yeah. morning of meetings, it's really fun to talk about Legos and you know, being asked <laughs> if you're if if your parent works with people at your office, you know? I don't know. All of that really fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button now so that you never miss a show. If you have any career-based questions, quandaries or predicaments that you'd like us to answer, you can drop us an email at hello at girlsinwork.com. So we'll see you next time for another episode of the Girls in Work podcast.